Last week, um, Pastor Well uh, gave us this sermon and gave us this um, introduction on our theme, starting right and finishing well. He gave us snippets of wisdom so that we will be able to take it in. And at the same time, I think the personal takeaway for me is, what is our goal? Why do we need to run that race? And I think all of us um, have learned something uh, with the sermon last week. And this, is, this sermon is actually a continuation of that because this parable of unjust manager will present us truths that we could use as we start right. Or perhaps even if we wanted to finish well. So I hope today that as we read, as we study, as we uh, dive in, deep dive into the Word of God, we will be uh, able to absorb these truths and able to apply them in our very lives so that we could start right and finish well. Our text for today uh, will be found on the 16th chapter of the book of Luke, verses 1 to 13. And as a sign of reverence to the Word of God, may I invite the congregation to please stand as we read the following verses. I will be reading from the ESV version. I will be flashing them on the screen. And if you have your Bibles with you in other version, please do read along with us. Luke chapter 16, verses 1 to 13. Let us read them all together. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is it that I heard about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is the gospel of the Lord, and may he be worshipped and praised by its reading. Let us pray. Lord, our God, our Savior, the creator of universe, we come to you today asking that you will open our hearts to understand your word. Lord, we pray that you will speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, and will open, Lord, many truths so that we will be able to apply this in our very lives. Encourage your people today, I pray. May you give way, Lord God, so that our thoughts or our will will be subjected to the doing of your will. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Let's all be seated. The parable of unjust manager. We've just read this. And the story is not difficult to understand. The story is quickly about 
a rich man who discovered that his manager is doing some fraudulent acts. So the manager intends to evade the proper accounting because he was asked by the owner to give account to his management, albeit it's dishonest management. He was asked to account for it before he gets terminated. So in order to avoid that proper accounting, because of his dishonest management, and to avoid the discovery of that, of his corrupt practices. But to secure also his lifestyle, because he said in the text, he neither wants to dig nor beg. To secure that, he did something very clever, very shrewd. He reduced the debts of his master's debtors. He gave some 50% discount, some 20, and so on. The purpose of that is simple, so that these debtors, the master's debtors, would have debt of gratitude to him, so that he could exact personal favor from them. Very easy. And as Filipinos, we could relate to this because of debt of gratitude. In Tagalog, utang na loob. Oh, alam niyo naman pala. Ayati, tapos na ang sermon natin. And you know, the reason why Filipinos can relate so much with utang na loob, because for us Filipinos, integrity is blurred and compromised because of the debt of gratitude or utang na loob. Napakasakit sa isang Pilipino. It's so hurting for a Filipino to be labeled as ingrate. Sabihin sa'yo, wala kang utang na loob. Yung sabihin mamamatay tao, kayo a killer, probably it's okay. But to be labeled for a Filipino culture, ha? to be labeled that you're in great, wala kang utang na loob, napakasakit. Nasabihan na ba kayo ng wala kayong utang na loob? <laughs> we can relate to this. This shrewd manager, by the way, shrewd is an old English. We don't use it anymore. The other word for shrewd is clever. Now, this clever manager did something great. He used debt of gratitude so that he could exact personal favor from them. And this is what we're going to study today. But before I go there, you know, reading this text, I find some hermeneutical problems. I find hermeneutical difficulties. Hermeneutics, yung mga nag-IBI dito, is the study, the science, or slash the art of biblical interpretation. I find some hermeneutical, biblical interpretation difficulties with this text. Why? Because it appears to us that Jesus, or the master for this matter, is commending dishonesty. We've read that in particularly verse 8 and verse 9. Is Jesus commending dishonesty? Because he said the master commended the shrewdness of the unjust manager. Diba? We've just read it. Now, when I read this for the first time, and don't worry, this yesterday and today is not my first time reading this text. When I read this, I said, really? Hindi ba ito nagkamali dito? Naisama ka lang dito? You know, it's, it's difficult to understand. Is Jesus really saying that? Is he really telling us to use our money to gain entry to heaven? We've read that in verse 8 and 9. I think that's the most troubling part. Should we do good works to make friends, use unrighteous wealth, unrighteous wealth, or other word for that in the biblical literatures is mammon, hindi mammon, mammon. Should we do good to have an eternal life? And this is the difficulty I have in the text. And I, ho I, I presume that when you read this for the first time, these were also your difficulties. And together, I hope, with the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to unlock the truths behind this parable. This is difficult. Ngayon nga naintindihan ko, bakit ko ba ito nilagay? Dapat hindi na lang ito ang nilagay ko rito. It's very difficult. But I tell you, this is so wonderful when we discover that. You know, Jesus wanted us to scratch the surface. What we have read in this text is not what Jesus meant. Why? Because I would suggest that the way to unlock the text is through contrariety. Two opposing forces. Contra. Contrariety. Contradictions. May contradictions, di ba? 
you're praising someone, oh, use your wealth, unrighteous wealth to gain entry to the heavenly dwellings. That's contradiction. There's irony. Hindi irony nga. Irony. <laughs> Seemingly opposing ideas again. Parang, parang pun. Parang, you know, sarcasm. An exaggeration. It's important for us to note these things because what Jesus wanted is for us to scratch the surface. And you know why? Why he's using this? Because he wanted to convey a profound truth. In other words, Jesus wanted to convey a very profound meaning in this parable. He's using their own language. He's using their own metaphor. You know, if let's say a European speaks here and he would use a European metaphor, probably we will not be laughing or we will not be able to relate. Pero pag Pilipino, naiintindihan nyo na. Di ba mga bes? <laughs> naiintindihan nyo, tama? So I think Jesus wanted us to scratch off that surface. I understand that despite of these contrarieties, contradictions, we would be able to understand this truth. And I wanted for us to focus on these two truths. It won't take us very long. By two o'clock, I promise you will be finished. <laughs> the first truth that we could glean from the text is this. The first truth is that human actions have eternal consequences. Para naman may konti kayong participation, read it with me. Truth number one, all together read. So that your seatmate will be uh, awakened. <clears throat> human actions have eternal consequences. Let's look at the text where we find that. Now, here, in the first two verses, we can see that there is a discovery. There was a discovery. The rich owner discovered the actions of the shrewd, clever, unjust manager. Na-discovery siya, hindi ba? Gumagawa siya ng kalokohan. So what is the effect? What is the result when your bosses discover that you are doing something hanky-panky? Sabi niya lang, okay. He was called, and he was asked to give an account. And after that, what is the effect? If you do not perform well in your work, what is the effect? Fulalang. You will get terminated. Ah, hindi ko ipapataas ang kamay ko sino mga na-terminate. You will get terminated. That is just a consequence of your action. And therefore, it leads us to the first type of consequence. Because again, the first truth is this. All human actions have consequences. And not just consequences, eternal consequences. This type of consequence is unintended consequence. Ito yung mga bagay na ginagawa ninyo na sana pag ginawa ninyo, hindi kayo madidiskubre. Pambababae. O panlalaki na rin siguro. Papata na tayo. Magkakaibigan naman tayo rito, di ba? Niloko mo ang asawa mo. You cheated on your wife or cheated your husband. You, you have done it. I'm not saying you've done it. Ha? Sample lang ito. Sample. Someone's, okay. Someone has done it. You don't want to be discovered. You don't want to have unintended intended consequences of your actions. Dito, do you think the manager wanted to be discovered? He does not want to be discovered. But that is the universal law of this universe. That's, that's a that's a truth that when you have done something, whatever you saw, you shall reap. Pero this type, whatever you've done, especially bad, you don't want to be discovered. You don't want to reap the actions that you have planted. Meron ba kayong ginawa na ayaw ninyong i-reap the consequences of your own actions? Eto, number one. This is a type. Many of us have done that. Oh, I'm not excluding myself. I've done something bad and I don't want those things to be discovered. Sabi ko nga sa inyo, kung ipapalabas mo na rito lahat ng kasalanan ko, sabihin nyo, very, at the very onset, bumaba ka na dyan, we don't want you anymore. But this is the reality. This is confronting our humanness. We are doing something so bad we don't want to be discovered. This is the first type. Second type. 
On the other hand, the manager wanted also a consequence. But the first consequence he does not want. What happened here is that there is a consequence where he intended those things to happen for a desired result. He deliberately do, did something that would lead to a specific desired result. Tatagalogin ko, gumawa ka ng isang bagay at kaya mo ginawa yun, gusto mong magkaroon ng particular result out of that. Ito ang example. Anong ginawa ng manager? What did the manager uh, do here? What he did was, he knew it will be taken from him. He gave discounts, reprieve to the debts of his master's debtors so that he could take personal favor. His actions were deliberate so that it could have deliberate consequences. This is very clever of him. You know, Christianity with this, and I call this intended consequences. Meron di kayong ginagawang ganyan, hindi ba? Ginagawa nyo, you want a specific result. You know, Christianity emphasizes that every action here on earth has eternal consequences. Every action has an eternal value or consequence. Whatever you do here, don't think you can get away with it. Don't think you can get away with a crime. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. That's the problem. And also, that's the beauty. Contradiction. What's the beauty about that? The beauty of this Every action has a consequence. In every action, there's a reaction. Is this. Little thing that you did for good and for the glory of God, God will repay you. But the difficulty of that is that every little thing that you do that will not bring glory to God, you also have to repay for it. It's a double-edged sword. So, by saying this, what the Bible tells us is this. God will repay us for every little thing that we've done. In Matthew 16.27, I'm quoting, For the Son of Man is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father, and then He will repay each person according to what He has done. And I've said it many times in this pulpit. God is the righteous judge. He will not leave a stone unturned. Every little thing that you've done in this life will have to be accounted for. That's the beauty, I guess. You know why? And I will dare say this. Even your pains, my dear brothers and sisters, they count to God. Even your heartaches have significance. They have eternal value. You know the problems that you have in life? The past that you've had, the ugly past that you've had, has an eternal value. In fact, now it has value, testimony for Jesus, and testimony to the beauty and glory of God. Somebody will hear your testimony and will praise God for what God has done to your life. Everything has an eternal value and consequence. Here, we've seen this very... Uh, truth in the life of this manager and even our very lives. Alam nyo kung dumaan kayo sa mga pagsubok, dumaan kayo sa matitinding problema, those things have eternal significance. Don't waste it. Otherwise, uh, in other words, this is what I'm saying, wag nyong sayangin ang buhay ninyo. Don't waste your life. Because every little thing will have to be accounted for. So, that is the first truth. But of course, we still have a problem. Why would Jesus or the master still commend? Let's look at this first. Ang sabi niya, the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness, for the sons of this world are more shrewd than the sons of light. Why would he commend? Why would the master commend the manager? I mean, the owner, why would he commend the manager? What did we see? in this text. And I've been harping that a while ago. The manager 
knows how to use the truth number one. He knows that when he does something, it will have a result. It will have an effect. And so what he did was to secure his future. This manager is so clever that he intended something and he wanted that something to result into something for his benefit. So that's why whatever that's in his hand, whatever he could grasp on, whatever is under his belt, he would use it because he wanted to secure his future. He wanted to appropriate it for himself. It's commendable because he's not just looking about now, he's looking about the future. I want you to hold on with that uh, uh, nugget of wisdom. Don't look now. Look to the future. Mahalaga yon. That is commendable about this manager. Whatever it's in his hand, he's able to appropriate for himself and use it for his advantage. Very clever. Now, how does it relate now? As a contradiction, as a contrariety to Christians, ito ang problema natin. If that should manager was commended by the owner because he knew what he got, he knew what he has, and use it, appropriate it for himself, the question is this, are we also commendable? In such a way, what I'm trying to say is this, do you know what you've got in Christ? Do you know how to appropriate what Christ has given you? Do you know it? Itong should manager, he knows what he've got and he needs to use it. He knows how to use it. The problem with Christian is this. You don't know what you've got in Christ. You don't want to know what you have in Christ and you don't even want to use what you have in Christ. You wallow in pain and misery because you don't know God promised you of comfort. Sample. Let me bring you to this verse. Second Peter 1, 3, and 4. Very beautiful. Look at this. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I'll stop there for a while. This is what you've got in Christ. He has given you, His divine power has granted you what? All things. Is there an exemption? No, there is nothing. No exemption. For what? For life and Godliness, so you can live in holiness. God is calling us to holiness, and God did not leave us there out in the cold to perform or to do holiness. No, He is granting us, He has granted us all for the glory of Him. Pero ang tanong, alam, alam ba natin ito? Or even if we know this, this is the problem, we don't even appropriate that to ourselves. We should be like the shrewd manager, we know what's under our belt and use it properly. That is commendable with this manager. Wag kayong wawa ng wawa. Oh Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me. I already blessed you. What? Let's continue. Through the knowledge of Him who has called you to His glory and excellence, by which another grant He has granted to us, what? Precious. Look at that word. Precious. And very great. Precious. Very great. Promises. Do you know, these are for your appropriation. These were given to you by God. I hope the Lord will commend us that very good, my child. I have given you something. You're putting them into good use. God enabled us for holiness to bring comfort to others. Are we using that for His glory? You're just keeping all the beauty of God and the glory of God to yourself. Let us be a commendable manager, able to use and to secure our future, able to use what's, out, what's with us for the glory of God. Let's continue. And this is eye-popping. So that through them you may become, let us read it all together, partakers. Try to grasp that. What is God promising you there? Do we ever realize what God is promising you, promising you with this? Partakers of divine nature. I'll pause there a bit. Grasp it. Partakers of divine nature. 
I could not even begin to think. My heart is sleeping. Wow, what is this? Partakers of divine nature. God will give you immortality. God will not just give you immortality. He will give you a glorified body. Ito, hindi to glorified body. Producto ito. This is a product of sin, of gluttony. <laughs> I hope someday I will be able to see my toes. Kasi ngayon, hindi ko nakita. So when you see me in heaven, I will have six-pack abs. I'm so sorry. <laughs> kasi kasalanan yung iba dun eh. Kayo kasi bigay kayo ng bigay eh. Si Ate Glo, bigay ako ng longganisa. Kinain ko tuloy kagabi. <laughs> Ang sarap talaga. Inadobo pa ni Ate Glo. Thank you, Ate Glo. So you're so wonderful. Thank you for contributing to my sin. That's a joke. It's wonderful, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Um, but this is so wonderful. Have you noticed that? Partakers of divine nature. I'm not saying you will be God. I'm not saying that. It will be heretic. Babatuhin ako ni Pastor Jerry. No. But you will be divine as the Lord will allow you to be. That is to, to, to be. To be partakers of His divine nature. Why? Because we will be one with Jesus. Am I right? I cannot explain that to you. Perhaps siguro isang seminar yan. What is it to be one with Christ? And having escaped from the corruption. This is the problem. The problem is we could not even understand these wonderful promises to us because of having a divine nature, of partaking that divine nature, because it leads us to the second truth in this verse. The second truth is this. We fail to see this divine nature in us because the natural man has no sense of eternity. This was also commendable to the manager. He sees, he saw his future. There's a troubling verse in 9. It says here, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth. The other word for unrighteous wealth here is called mammon. So that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. And that is the difficult part. What is Jesus saying here? Some um, commentaries would say that we should do good so that it would earn us merit or use your resources so that it will uh, bring forth good to others. And that's what they mean by this. I don't want to push the interpretation that way. Why? Because it will have problems with us understanding the gospel. Because you can never be saved through your works. You can never be saved through your good works. Let us relate this to this verse in Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, when we go back to this verse, I don't think Jesus is telling us just a plain declarative statement. Would you agree with me that this is more like an irony? Sinasabi na, so subukan nyo. Try. Try to make friends. And I tell you, make friends to yourself by means of mammon. So that when it fails, they may receive you. Try. Try to do good and earn your way to heaven by doing good works. Try it without me. Try it without the righteousness of Christ. Try. Let us see if it will succeed. It won't. Jesus was telling us where is, where, would, where can we find our treasures? The problem here is, how can you even get to heaven? Is it by just using your wealth? Of course, let me say this. You could use your wealth for a good cause. If you're rich, you could use it. Lahat naman tayo dito mayaman. Tama po ba? Ako lang ang mayaman. Lahat naman tayo dito merong itutulong sa kapwa. Tama? Use it for the glory of God. But if you're using it to gain your entry to heaven, to, 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 to gain entry to the eternal dwellings, you're wrong. 
you are very, very wrong. You know why? Because this is not the way. Jesus was making a very big irony. He was talking to his disciples. Alam nyo, ang isang pinakamahirap kausap, hindi lang yung eskriba at mga parasayo eh. It's not just the scribe and Pharisees that are difficult to talk, to, to talk with. It's also his disciples. Because disciples, despite the fact that they are with Jesus every day, they couldn't understand him anyway. So they just go along with him. But later on, of course, by the power of the Holy Spirit, they will understand. But he's saying the greatest irony, gain, try. You could use your resources, but that will not gain you entry to heaven. This is ironic. So, what I am saying here is this. In the second verse, if we follow that, two, two uh, verses in the Bible speak about this. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So, I would say that this is not just an issue of greed. This is not just an issue of wealth. This is not just an issue of whether you will use your money to gain entry to heaven. It's more than that. What I would suggest, the meaning of this is that mammon represents temporal and God represents eternal. In other words, you can never embrace the temporalities of this life, the temporalities of this life, and at the same time embrace an eternal God. I will explore that notion a little more later. But what I'm trying to say is this, you cannot have so much, be preoccupied, be so much enamored and so into your material possession so that, and at the same time, embrace heavenly riches. They, you couldn't. The issue here is that whenever we embrace too much of our material possessions, we will not be able to see a compelling vision of an eternal God. That is the issue. We exceedingly embrace our temporariness because we do not have, this is the consequence, because we do not have a great compelling vision of eternal God. I am not saying in any means or by any iota of dream or in whatever means that could be, I am not saying here that your physical or material wealth is bad. They're good. I am not, I'm not even saying that you should stop investing or stop getting an insurance and you know where to go where you need one, the Lloyd and Mavic. These are wise decisions. I also have one. These are wise decisions. I'm not saying these are bad. If you can, you should have it. I'm not saying it's bad. I want to balance it. But this is what the Bible is saying. If you are so much preoccupied with it, that all of your dreams, all of your actions, all of your trade, all everything about you is just focused on your material wealth, on your self-gratification, all your pursuits will be worldly pursuits and none of them godly pursuits, there is, no, there is no way you can embrace the eternal vision of God. Kaya hindi natin makita yung vision, yung compelling vision of God because we so much embrace our temporariness. Kaya sabi ko minsan, Lord, bless me. I want to be blessed. I want to have this. God already blessed you. That's the reason why you were able to invest in so many properties, so many this and that. And later on, when these properties are starting to have problems, this investment starting to have problems, you complain and tell God, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Why are you not blessing me? The Lord, I already blessed you. You already invested 10 million in this whatever investment that you have. The problem, my child, is that you have embraced it so much that you lose sight of me. That's the problem. You know, the issue is not wealth. The issue is that our love for it. 
The promise is not wealth, my dear brothers and sisters. I've been saying here over and over again. The promise is not health, wealth, and fame. God never promised you of wealth, health, and fame. Never. Naiinis ako dun sa ibang mga pastor. Girl, wealth, wealth, no. God never promised you you will be healthy all the time, although God can heal you. God never promised you of wealth, although God can make you rich. God never promised you of fame, although He can make you known or famous. God never promised you of that. In fact, noong January 1, sinasabi ni Pastor Well, oh, uh, Brother Ray Dandan is a prophet. You know why? If you haven't attended the first service, you know why he's jesting that? Because of this, I said during January 1 preaching of mine, I said, I predicted. Remember when the start of New Year? You call these soothsayers, clairvoyants, to give prediction to the future. They will say, oh, there will be this actress who will get pregnant. Or there will be an old actor who will die, etc., etc. You know, usually, and they will, in the, they will be interviewed. I said, I can do that here. I predict that this year, you will have problems. I predict, I can see that some of you here will face difficulties. Financial troubles, some of you. Some brothers and sisters will tell me, Lloyd, brother, don't declare that to me. Don't declare that. I will declare that to you. Why? Don't rebuke me. Rebuke Jesus. Sabi ni Jesus, here on earth you will have tribulations. Hindi problem. You're very wrong. Tribulations. The promise of Jesus is never fame, wealth, and health. He never promised you that. You will have problems. You will have suffering. You will have troubles. You will have pains. You will even face death. What he promises this, I will be with you. Sasamahan kita. Yun ang pangako niya. Faith, wealth, and health. Wala yun sa Biblia. Pwede ba? Ako, wag niyo akong itatag, ha? Oh, Lord. Pag friends ko kayo, kinote niyo yung mga pastor na kagalit ko, I'm telling you, I will block you. No. God promised you this, that even if you face death, even though do I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Sasamahan kayo ng Diyos. Mamumublema kayo this year, I'm so sure. Sasamahan kayo ng Diyos. Maari sa inyo merong magkakasakit, sasamahan kayo ng Diyos in that hospital bed. Sasamahan niya kayo. Don't pray for health, wealth, and prosperity. Why? Because embracing that much will lose your sight of the eternal compelling vision of God. Embrace this life. Best life now? Never. Diba? There's a book, Best Life Now. I don't want that. I want a compelling vision of God. What is, what is on earth? 80 years? 20 years? That's nothing to my eternity in God. So please, that is not the issue. The issue here is this. Do you have that compelling vision of God? You know, my example to this is this person. Dati hindi ko siya trip eh. I don't like him at first. Because, I will give a hint, I don't find satisfaction in two people boxing each other, trying to kill each other in the in boxing ring, and you would call that as a sport. Hindi ko gusto masyado si Manny Pacquiao. But you know, there is something very commendable with what he did a few years ago when he made a stand against this certain lifestyle, this certain group in the Philippines. And because of his stand, of his religious conviction, this sponsor of him, I think it was this brand, I couldn't mention because we are on television today. <laughs> um, you know already, I'll text you to my friends on Facebook. I'll text it to you. But you know, when he made that conviction, his religious conviction, and it made it known, this brand of clothing, apparel, shoes actually, removed their $100, $100 or 100 million peso sponsorship deal with him, from him. Did Manny Pacquiao even bat an eyelash? No. You know why? This is his verse. Let's read this. I'm sorry. But 
recall the former days when you, after you were enlightened, you endured hard struggle with suffering. So, why do you say now that there's health, wealth, and prosperity? Hard struggle with sufferings. Sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. Publicly exposed to approach and affliction. And sometimes being partnered with those so treated. For you had compassion in those in prison. And this is what probably Manny had adopted for himself, like the shrewd manager. For you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. That's a plunder of his property, to be taken a $100 million sponsorship deal. But he joyfully accepted the plundering of his property because he knew for himself he had a better possession and abiding one. Dear brothers and sisters, you could take all the hard suffering in this life. You could take the public reproach and affliction. You could take all the problems in the world. Why? Because you have this. You know for yourselves you have this. You had a better possession and abiding one. Plunder my property. It's okay. Remove the $100 deal with me. It's okay. I had a better and abiding possession. I really, really commended my brother Manny for doing that. Take everything from me, but don't take one thing. My compelling vision of a great God. Bakit niya nagawa yon? Why he was able to do it? Was it because he's looking? Was he embracing his life on earth? No, he was embracing a compelling vision of God. Because he knew he had a better possession and abiding one. Yon ang dapat ating gayahin. Let's invite Manny Pacquiao here, you know. Tapos siya mag-offering sa atin. Mas mayama naman siya. <laughs> but look at that. Wonderful, isn't it? I'm so blessed But what he did. So blessed. And I hope you will have it too. The natural man has no sense of eternal security, but Christians should have that. Huwag kayong masyadong mamoblema sa sanlibotang ito. You will have problems. But have that compelling vision of God. As we start right and finish well, He is our goal. He is our abiding, a better possession and abiding one. He is our great reward. Remove everything from me. If I have Jesus, I have everything. And so, let's go back and I will end here. Let's go back to the shrewd manager. The reason why he was commended. Was this manager was able to secure his future. This is the thing. And this is the question that is being asked to us today. Have you secured your eternal future? Sigurado ba kayo pupunta kayo sa langit? Are you sure you're going to where we are all going? Nahulog. Are you sure? What was commendable by the acts of this shrewd manager is this. He knew and he secured his future. Although he only secured it at, on this earth. But more importantly, he secured it. We should secure it for eternity. This is the reality, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't look for the fountain of life. Because technically, all of you here will be immortal beings. All of us here will continue to exist for eternity. I deliberately use the word continue to exist because I want to attach the word live forever with Jesus. All of us here will continue to exist for eternity. The very core of your existence will live forever. Your soul will live forever. So the issue here is not immortality. The issue here is not living forever. You have forever. Your very lives, your very soul is forever. So the issue here is whether or not you will live there. The issue here is this. Where will you spend that eternity? That's the issue. The issue is not whether you will live. Your life here has an eternal consequence. Your life here will continue. That is not the question. The question is where? Look at your brothers and sisters beside you. Lagi na ginagawa ayon. Where will they spend their eternity? The issue is not whether we have it. The issue is where. 
like the shrewd manager, that's why it's commendable. Now we understand it. He secured his future. Jesus is even challenging us. Have we ever secured an eternal future? Have we? Like the shrewd manager, do we know where we're going? Or you don't know? I wanted to say, and I'll end here. In fact, this shrewd manager, I said a while ago, the way to unlock this is through contrariety, contradiction, and opposition, or reverse. You know, in reverse, Jesus is talking about himself. He is referring to himself here, but in the opposite. Jesus wanted you to secure your future. And let us take this parable in reverse in reference to the shrewd manager. Because I believe Jesus is referring to himself here. Look at the parallelism. And this is not from the Bible. Let me read. There is a great suffering servant who will account rightly for all the souls given to him by the master. The suffering servant will bring them all to the master. The suffering servant, in contrast to the shrewd manager, asked one man, contrite, lowly, and trembling, he asked him, how much do you owe the master? And the man said, a million times. He looked at him, the suffering servant, no longer the shrewd manager, with love, mercy, and compassion, and told the debtor, do not write 50, neither 10, nor even one. Write at your bill, on your bill, paid in full. When God, this suffering servant, gave his life to you, he did not just give you 50% discount of your sins, not 20, not even one. He paid everything in full. He was referring to himself. In, con in contra, in opposite, in reverse to the shrewd manager. And he is not shrewd. He is not unjust. He is a just suffering servant who paid all our debts to God, no matter how much is that, once and for all. And the reason why we're not able to see that, it's because of our sin. We have a blurred vision of God because of our sin. And Jesus is offering that. He paid for your sins. What he wanted you to do is to open your hearts to him. Secure your eternal future with him by believing on what he has done on the cross for you. Paying your sins in full. And believe in Jesus Christ that he rose again from the dead so that his victory will also be yours. That's the message of the gospel. And so today, if you have not yet secured your future, God is inviting you to secure it today. Be the shrewd manager, not only to secure your future here on earth, but also for eternity. Let us pray. For those of you here who have not yet made that decision to believe in the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory who died for your sins, who paid everything for you. I would like to invite you with this simple prayer. Make this your prayer as an act of commitment, faith, and trust to this Jesus Christ who died for your sins. I will lead you to prayer in the silence of your heart. You could follow me. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for the message. Lord, I have done something sinful and it resulted to consequences. The consequence, Lord, of being far from you, being separated from you. Lord, I am a sinful, needing of a Savior. And so today, Lord, I have heard the gospel that you have paid my sins in full. I want to be forgiven. I want to have a compelling vision of you. I want to see you. I want to be with you for eternity. Lord, I am sinful. Forgive me.
cleanse me, Lord, with your blood which you have shed on the cross. Forgive me, Father. And Lord, today, I put my trust in you. I gave you everything. I surrender all. I open my heart today. Accept you as my Lord and Savior. Be the King of my life. Be the Lord of my days. And give me that vision of heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And from now on, Lord, I am yours. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us continue to pray. If you have made that prayer after the service, we want to talk to you and have you in our midst and to help you how to find great joy in journeying with Jesus. So to now, now let us pray as we close in uh, our service. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this message. We thank you that you have led us into these very beautiful words of yours. Thank you because you are giving us this compelling vision of you. Lord, encourage your people today that no matter and whatever it is that they're going through in their lives right now, that is nothing compared to the eternity you will be giving us in the future. Lord, whatever it is that's troubling their hearts, giving them anxiety, Father, I pray today that you will touch them, that you will be with them, and assure them that you will be with them no matter what happens in their lives. And so, Father, today, be with us, strengthen us as we go to the week. Encourage your people today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let us all stand. Let us receive the benediction from God. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen, amen, and amen. Go well, my brothers and sisters. Have compelling vision of God and have peace in your hearts.